What is going on? My name is Kira, and welcome back to the Finding My Perfect Awkward podcast, where I turn to my guests each week for guidance and advice in this crazy world. Not only am I trying to find my perfect awkward, I am finding my voice and myself. So with me this week, I am so pumped. It is uh, the other host of Nick and Kristen in the Morning in Portland. It's Kristen Flowers. Hi, Kristen. Hey, hi, Kira. I am so excited for you to be on. I adore you and Nick, so this is awesome. <laughs> Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So I was a little late on uh, on sending you this link to start chatting, and I want – okay, so I want your take on fast food. So. Okay. I always feel gross after I eat fast food. Like, it tastes incredible, depending on where you go. But I always feel so gross. So I was on the toilet for a good 20 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, I feel the same way. Like, it's always like, oh, it's so quick. It's so easy. And um, it always tastes good. Like, I'll just grab it now. But, like, honestly, like, I'm done for the rest of the day. Like, I'm done. Exactly. Like, I I don't usually spend 20 minutes off pooping and I definitely did (laughs) it went right through me I was having okay so I was having Taco Bell and I love Taco Bell (laughs) love it with every inch of my being however my body disagrees (laughs) yeah that's it's normally a good sign that you shouldn't be eating it but it's just so convenient and it's sometimes just so tasty it tastes so good do you have a favorite fast food do you eat fast food you know, it's funny. I don't really, um, just because I, it always makes me feel really gross. But honestly, like when you have a kid, like all that kind of goes out the window. You just grab whatever you can. So we honestly end up eating a lot of McDonald's. Okay. And there's a Taco Bell like right by our house. So we get that. Um, but things like, like Wendy's and um, Burger King and stuff, I never go to. It's normally just McDonald's and uh, t- Taco Bell. Baja Fresh or something fast food. It's like the casual dining thing. It's like, well, it's kind of still fast food. I mean, I consider anything, to me, it's anything with a drive-thru. If you have a drive-thru, you're fast food. Okay. Um, But I mean, see, but then you have like Chipotle. I know. And that's still fast food. I mean, I think it is. I mean, yeah, you have to park and get out. But like at the end of the day, it's fast food. Yeah, exactly. Anything that's quick. I guess like (laughs) whatever lives up to the name of fast food is considered fast food. Yes. So I want to know more about you. Where, Where did you get your start? I know that you and Nick were in Vegas for a while and um I just like where did you start how did you get into the biz yeah I um it's funny because I used to be an actress so I lived in Orange County um California and I had an agent and I would audition for pilots and movies and tv shows and print ads and all this kind of stupid stuff and um wasn't finding a whole lot of success with it I was doing a lot more stage work so I was um in a part of an opera company and did a lot of their productions And I went to college, and the rule was my parents would let me live for free in the house if I went to college. And so I went, and I I majored in theater. And then I realized, well, this is kind of stupid because I'm already working in theater. Like, I'm already a paid actor, and and this is dumb, and I should kind of plan for a, a, a plan B. So I uh, switched to the next new thing, which was radio, TV, and film. And I was a film major. And I studied film, and I was going to be a cinematographer if the whole acting thing didn't work out. And then I started taking radio classes and realized that it's a lot of acting, um, you know, doing spots or doing character voices. And I thought, well, this is a lot of fun. 
And one of my professors said, you know, you have a really great voice. You should stay after. And I have a production company on the side and I could have you read some stuff for me and I'll just pay you in cash. And for like a college kid, like it was like 30 second spots for and he'd give me $80 and it was like in cash. And you're like, oh, my God, I'm going to be a millionaire if I go into this. Like the money's just going to constantly flow. And so I thought, well, this is a super easy job. Like, this is going to be amazing. I'll just go into radio. And I graduated college, and I called up um, a humongous radio station in Los Angeles. And I just called them, the front desk, and I said, look, I just graduated with a degree in radio, TV, and film. Um, When can I start? And they laughed at me and they were like, what are you talking about? And I said, well, when can I start on the air? Like, I'm good. You, you know, you guys should you guys should hire me. And they're like, that's not how it works. <laughs> so they said, um, why don't you come work? And they, I mean, they were they I can't believe they said anything They're They're like, come work in the promotions department, learn the business and maybe we'll get you on air someday. And so I started working in promotions and I worked myself um, up to like the marketing coordinator for uh, the cluster out in um, Los Angeles. And still just had that bug in me that I wanted to be on the air. And I went to one of the PDs at this humongous station and I said, is there any way you can vouch for me um, to, to go on the air? And she said, yeah, there's a, there's a traffic and news position available. And she's like, have you ever been on the air before? And I said, no, not really. And she's like, well, I'm going to tell them you're amazing. So don't let me down. And she called and they hired me right on the spot. And I started working for like 30 news stations across wow. all of California. I do I do their traffic and their news. And I worked midnight. I worked the graveyard shift. I worked from 11 to uh, like 5 in the morning. And uh, from there, I just I was offered my first morning show, solo morning show in a very small town in Colorado. And it was the worst place on earth. Like it was beautiful and it was great, but I was very lonely and very sad and like got really depressed out there. And I just said, man, I've got to get back to a big town. Like I'm used to Los Angeles. I'm used to Orange County. And that's when Vegas called. And they said, the only thing we have available is a news anchor position. And I said, great, I've been doing news, you know, for all these stations in California, like I'll happily do it. And so I got hired on there. And from there, I met Nick, and we just kind of had in- instant chemistry on the air and off the air, and we started dating, and um, we said, let's do a show together someday. And it took a couple years of us doing a long-distance relationship, and also whenever we'd visit each other, um, which was like every three months because we were broke, um, we would go into each other's respective studios wherever we were working at the time, and we would lay down some fake morning show tracks. and. Oh. Yeah, we would pretend we would sit in there for like four hours and we just talk about whatever was topical and like things that were going on in our lives. And we pieced it together and we started um, selling us as a show. And I got I got hit up by a small station in um, a small town in Indiana, um, like an hour outside of Indianapolis. And it was like a very small market, um, like market 200 something or other. And they said, well, we would love you, Kristen. Like, we want you to be our morning show. Like, do you know a guy that we could pair you up with? And I said, yeah, the guy from my demo is Nick. And, like, it would be really great if you hired him because we have really good uh, work ethic and chemistry together. And at the time, they asked us if we were dating. And we said no because we weren't sure if uh, they were going to be okay with it. Um, So they hired us. And eventually, they figured out that we were dating. (laughs) And they weren't happy about that we lied, but they understood And then from there, we went to Sacramento. Um, Then from there, we got picked up in San Francisco. And uh, we were crazy. A lot of people thought we were insane when we left San Francisco. But we we moved to Portland, and and we're very happy here now. 
That's awesome. And you guys have a kid now. Yeah, Lily's two years old. She just turned two years old, and that's been fun and and great content for the show. Uh, But um, she's just like the best little kid in the whole world. I couldn't have asked for a better kid. She's adorable. She is. She really is. Um, But that's great. I think it's awesome. I was uh, saying this uh, to Nick. I I think it's awesome that you guys can um, live together and work together and have no issues. Yeah, you know, it's it's rare. And, and it doesn't seem like it should be rare. Um, I just think if you're a good person, and you're a decent human being, you should learn to work with people around you. I've worked with really difficult people, and been able to win them over because it's all about trust. You know, um, Nick yeah. trusts that I'm never going to throw him under the bus. And if I do, it's an accident. Um, and even if you work with somebody that's not your husband or your wife or your girlfriend or boyfriend, like there's still that trust that should be there that, hey, if I mess up, I'm really sorry. But like my job is to make you look good and your job is to make me look good it's not all about you or it's not all about me it's a it's a partnership and that's why it's nick and Kristen in the morning not like nick Steele the show like right. this is a partnership it's 50 50 um we've sat down and we said no we're getting paid the exact same amount of money um no we get the same amount of endorsements like no one's treated differently than the other and i think that that mutual respect um is what allows us to have this work life and home life because we know at the end of the day that the other person has their back. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And it works well. And you guys it have does. a successful morning show. So, I mean, it works. It, it does. It shows evidence that it works. Yeah. And it's, it's also all about character development too. Like um, we have a successful show because we're very much the same, but we're also very different. So like mm-hmm. when we go through our prep, you know, the challenge with working with somebody that you know really well, especially one that's your husband is you have the same life as them. And so what do you bring different to the table? It would be fun if like I worked with a really single young guy, you know what I mean? Like, because <laughs> they have a totally different life than me, but um, it's how Nick sees the world and how I see the world that's different. And so that's why we highlight that. And that brings that kind of fun, playful banter, not arguing, but banter to the radio. And I think people really like that. Yeah, no, it, it, it adds flavor and it adds that contrast that you guys need, especially because you guys are, you know, in the life together. Right, exactly. Yeah. So are you a nerd also? I'm not. You know, it's funny. I, like, I'm a def. I'm like a second generation nerd in the sense that I know everything Nick knows about everything, but I'm not interested in it. (laughs) Like I can sit here and have like a very nerdy conversation about Superman or comics or Star Wars that makes you think like I am a super uber fan, but it's just because I've talked so long uh, to Nick and I ask questions about what he likes about things. And, you know, he reads like all the Star Wars novels that aren't in the movies. And so I know all these stupid characters and and I'm... (laughs) You know, it's a lot of like just trying to take interest in, you know, his life and um, saying like, oh, well, what are you reading and what do you like about it? And um, so it's funny. I I, I like things that he doesn't like. Um, Like, I know you're into Star Trek. He's into Star Wars. I really like Lord of the Rings. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't say I'm like a nerd about it, but I really enjoy the films. Um, I have all the Harry Potter books, but like I'm not like a huge like nerd about it. So what house are you? I'm I'm 100% absolute Slytherin. Really? I'm one like anyone that meets me goes, "Oh yeah, you're like Slytherin." Like and I am a self-admitted like Slytherin. Like and that's not a bad thing. No, that's it's just great. it's just somebody that is um has a goal and is single-minded about it and that's totally me and, and it was especially when I was younger like um 
you know, Nick is like Mr. Hufflepuff. You know, he is always walking around going, I'm like a Hufflepuff. And I'm like, I'm not even sure you'd know what that means. But um, yeah, <laughs> everyone that ever meets me is like, you're uh, a Sith, you're the dark side of the force, and you are definitely a Slytherin, which I totally agree. I definitely can see it. Um, <laughs> totally. But, but it's, yeah, Slytherins have a, a bad rap, obviously, because of, you know, the Slytherins that take on the you know, in the movies. The whole Death Eater books. thing. Yeah. The whole Death Eater thing, you know, Voldemort. The whole thing is just, you know. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, Slytherins are just, like you said, one one track mind on something when they want something they go for it or you go for it yeah they're goal oriented they're industrious yeah exactly exactly and there's nothing wrong with that and there's nothing wrong with being a slytherin it's yeah i think it's pretty awesome i'm a gryffindor of um, course i love being a gryffindor i was i'm actually <laughs> i'm a gryffindor hufflepuff cusp but mainly gryffindor well you're very friendly and like approachable and nice and i am not that way so <laughs> You are very approachable for sure. Um, at least to me. I don't. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, as far as like first impressions go, because I uh, have only met you a handful of times and it's all been virtual. Obviously, yeah. you know, you're long distance and we're in a virtual reality right now. Um, <laughs> but, you know, to, to me, you are very confrontational as far as me to you. And I just, you know. I think I can definitely see the Slytherin. I can definitely see how, like, in in your conversation, and I've watched a few of your lives. Yeah. Um, So I'm like, okay, I can can totally see. She gets what she wants, and she goes for it, and she's very goal-oriented, and, like, she knows what she wants. But at the same time, you are very, um, at least from, like, my first impression of you, you're just, you're incredibly, um, you're incredibly nice to those who you want around you <laughs> I think that's probably a good like description um <laughs> yeah because you know growing up it was always like oh I was so I thought you were a you know stone cold witch when I first met you like I'm the person that will say something in an email and have to put a smiley face just so somebody doesn't take it the wrong way because I'll be like this is totally unacceptable uh this needs to be fixed tomorrow by the way smiley face like because it's just like I don't want to you know I I say what I mean but um and sometimes it can come off really harsh and um I had a uh when I worked in Los Angeles as a promotions court or director, um, my boss came to me and said, like, you're smart and, and you're funny, but like you come off really cold and you need to smile more, which is like never something you want to say to a woman. But um, he just said, look, let people in to see like the personal side of you. And that really hit me hard. And I remember thinking like, gosh, like I shouldn't shut people away from like the human side of me. I shouldn't be all business all the time. And so, um, that's what I try to like do nowadays. I don't know if that's really working, but again, like that's what makes it so much fun working with Nick because he's Mr. Like happy and like wears his heart on his sleeve and is like everything's sunny and rosy in his world. And I'm very much like a realist. (laughs) But there's a balance and it works. There is. Yeah, there is. Yeah, for sure. So you said that you love Lord of the Rings. So I actually in high school, I had a, uh, my uh, theater director, she named her kids after Lord of the Rings um, characters. Wow. And I wish I could remember the names. But, uh, yeah, that was her thing. She nerded out so much that her kids are named after uh, a couple of the characters. 
people get crazy with Lord of the Rings. And, like, I really enjoy the movies, but, my goodness, I can't get into, like, the whole mythology behind it. There's just too much. Um, I thought the movies were super well done, and I really enjoyed them. But, man, that's kind of, like, where it ends for me. Um, like, naming a, a family member or something like Legolas or whatever. Like, I'm, like, <laughs> not, I'm, like not going to do. Like... <laughs> I, I feel like, well, you know what? I understand it to a point because I was named after a Star Trek character. Were, oh, were you? I don't know anything about Star Trek, so. So, um, and there's, you know, there's multiple series. Um, and one of the series is called Deep Space Nine. Okay. And there's a character in Deep Space, Mine, in Deep Space Nine uh, named Kira Norris. And I was named after her. I was either going to be named after her or named after another character in Deep Space Nine, Jadzia, but Kira won that. Well, Kira's such a pretty name, um, but I can't get over your name because the, I my cat's name is Kira. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. You know what's you know what is so funny about that is that when uh, when Nick was on, he was saying that uh, you guys the cat's name is Kira, but it's like he didn't know how to say my name, Kira yeah. or Kira or. Well, yeah, because it's like we call her Kira, and um, it's her her name is Killer, but it's we call her Kira for short. And so uh-huh. Nick was like, "Is it like the cat's name?" And I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> like it's just Kira. It's just Kira." Like I didn't know that there were so many different ways to say Kira, but I mean, yeah, I'll take any of them. I'll answer to any of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I won't go here, Kira. Come here, Kira. <laughs> you don't have to answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're great. Um. No, but so I, I wanted to see what is some advice that you have for uh, shifting back to, to, you know, the business and uh, radio, any, any sense of media and creativity. What is some advice do you have for somebody who's just starting out or wanting to start out in any sort of that industry? Yeah, you know, it's tough. Um, I, I think this took me a long time to learn, and everyone says it now, and it feels so disingenuine, but the whole on- – authenticity. Um, you know, I, for a long time, tried to be something I wasn't on the air. And I tried to be the happy, giggly girl that, you know, lets the person have the joke. And, um, you know, that was just the support staff. And because I thought that that's what would get me hired. And the fact is, there's PDs out there that want you just the way you are. And when you find those PDs, um, you kind of cling on to them and they want you to be who you are. And I'm proud of the fact that like we've been able to create some art, you know, um, our, our jobs is based off who we are as people. Um, you know, people will come up to me and be like, oh man, that's such a Kristen thing. And I go, oh wow, that's so weird that like somebody associates me with something. Um, but it's, it's just who you have to be. And it's hard sometimes because when you're in your 20s, like you're not really sure sometimes how, who you are. And that's okay. And that's what's going to resonate with your audience because half the people listening, or more than half probably, also don't really know where they are with life right now. So, you know, saying like, hey, I'm a mess. Like I don't have a job. I don't have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or like I live with my folks or I, you know, I was on the toilet for 20 minutes because I ate Taco Bell. <laughs> like those are the things that people laugh at because they go, oh my God, yesterday I was on the toilet for 20 minutes because of Taco Bell. Like, and it's one of those things where I would, I would have been too shy to say that before I would have been like oh no you know no I would never oh my gosh no um but the fact is people want to follow real people and they want to see that on your Instagram they want to see that on your socials they want to they want ways to interact with you um that are real um we 
broadcast our whole show on Twitch. We do the whole show from the minute we start till the minute we end. We're on Twitch. And I can't believe um, how many people like seeing just us talk. And it's very strange to me um, because we are just 100% who we are. And like now there's like a whole group of people that are in on the inside jokes and want to hear how well how does Nick feel about that how does Kristen feel about that and they really legitimately want to know and you're going to anger some people sometimes and that's great and you're going to make friends sometimes and that's great just be like who you are and don't be wishy-washy about it you know I love that just be 100% unapologetically you and yeah and if you don't know who that is yet that's totally fine there's it's just being honest and i think that's what's going to save this industry is honesty for sure for sure and i think in a in a time of social media and in the era of social media that's kind of been um lost in some aspects because everybody's trying to be somebody else or look like somebody else or sound like somebody else and it's all because we get you know drowned out by whatever's on Instagram or whatever we see on, you know, Twitter or TikTok because we just want to be like everybody else that's successful or that, you know, looks like they're successful. Right. Um, but you're totally right. Instead of doing that, we need to – our superpower is that there's only one of each of us and we need to use that to our advantage. Yeah, and, you know, I should ask you, like – I don't know if you want to say how old you are. I'm assuming like mid-20s, late-20s, something like that. Oh, I'm um, 22. <laughs> 22. Okay, early 20s. All right. So, like, does your generation care about, like, looking perfect? I think it. I think they do, but at the same time, I think that you – young people understand that nobody is really like that. And I feel like maybe influ- influencer culture has is going down a little bit. Would you agree with that? I would agree to that to a certain extent. I do think that it was worse when I was younger, when I was uh, in my actual teens. Um, between like 13 and 18, it was definitely worse. Um, I think that now we are all living in a time when you can be successful digitally and everybody is finding their creative niche in the uh, social media platform. Um, and so it's, it's easier to, um, it's easier to not want to fit a mold, but to just be yourself and be different because that's what you have to do to be successful. And I think that a lot of people who are my age right now are seeing that that's what you have to do. And so that's okay because if you want to be successful and it's something that you love to do and you want to be a part of the digital platform, you have to be yourself. Um, so I, I can agree to that t- totally to a certain extent, but I do think it was at one point worse. I think that at one point everybody uh, wanted to be somebody else. And Yeah. Yeah. And I see, like, young people – late teens early 20s going on Instagram trying to build themselves up as like life coaches and stuff and sometimes it's like I know that's what you think you should be doing but right 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 now you need to be making the life mistakes that you're gonna you're trying to teach like just because you follow someone on Instagram and regurgitate what they're saying doesn't mean that's advice and and that's what I get kind of upset about when I see like people trying to be other people it's like it's okay like not everybody's Oprah you know, not everybody like is is gonna fix everybody. You know, um, and and I think that I hopefully that's going away. Um, 
I hope so. I don't know if it is or not. But I know as I get older, I care less and less about pretending to be perfect. And the more and more I follow people are the people that are real and honest. And so that's what I just try to be. Well, everybody, I think I do agree that I think it is getting better. Um, And I think that everybody wants somebody to relate to. Um, When you that's why people listen to the radio. That's why people watch TV. That's why people are obsessed with uh, certain shows and movies, because there's something to relate to it um, for themselves. Uh, When you watch a TV show, you relate to a specific character because they share similar traits that you have um when you listen to the radio there's somebody there talking to you um and you're able to relate to them in some way even if it's just oh you're on the radio and i'm listening to the radio there's some sort of connection there and so i I, when it when it comes to social media um you're you're looking at a picture and be like oh we both have instagrams we both have this platform and you're my age. I can relate to you because you're my age. Um, and I, I think I think that being relatable is what is making it better. I think that people realizing that they can just be themselves and that they're, they're relatable and it's helping them. Yeah, I absolutely agree. As long as it's authentic, you know. Right. Um, there's people that I've seen, um, and I won't name names or anything, but there's like a big influencer that a lot of women followed. And she kind of built her, built herself as like the next big Oprah. And she was going on um, podcasts and the whole talk circuit about how wonderful her marriage was and how great it was. And then all of a sudden she announced that like the week after one of these seminars about how to like learn to love your band type of thing, um, that they were getting divorced. And the next week, she put out a book about how to get over a divorce. And it all just felt very planned. And I saw the backlash immediately from that. Um, and I was never like a disciple of hers or anything. I just thought it was interesting to watch because it was a textbook. Like people are seeing through the BS. People are seeing, being being able to sniff you out and go, well, wait a second. Last week, you were teaching me how um, how to have a wonderful marriage. You just announced you're getting divorced. And now all of a sudden, you're, you're pimping out a book on how to deal with divorce like it doesn't feel genuine it doesn't feel it just feels like you're trying to make money off of whatever is going on in your life and and people really backlash she lost a lot of instagram followers she lost a lot of cred she had a show that she lost because of it and and i just meant man like what would have happened if you had stepped back and said hey look i can't teach a um how to have a successful marriage uh podcast and talking circuit if things aren't going okay right now like hey things aren't going okay right now i don't feel like i could be talking about this but instead she muscled through and pretended everything was fine and now everybody saw through it and like her whole like perception has changed um so if she had just been honest from the start you know uh, I, I don't i think she'd still have a career yeah i mean your word is everything when it comes yeah. to anything especially something like that your word is everything and once once your word is damaged especially to that extent there's it's i'm not it's sad but i'm just not surprised that she lost so so uh she lost so much credibility right i mean that's what happens um and i think we've seen that a lot through the pandemic too a lot of people that have gone on vacations or you know said like oh well you know i'm still well i gotta celebrate my birthday 
So I'm going to have a huge party. And they post it on Instagram and stuff. Like whether you believe with the mandate or not, you can't sit there and one in one Instagram post say, guys, like we all need to pull together. And then when it comes to your birthday party, go, well, wait a second. I don't want it to bother. I don't want it to disrupt my life. And I know a lot of celebrities got sl- uh, flack for that over the pandemic. And I think they rightfully should have um, where it's like, oh, no, it's, it's okay for you guys, but it's not okay for me. And that like – hypocritical behavior, I think, is being really shown through social media. And I think it's actually a good thing to show that these celebrities and these influence and stuff are not infallible, you know, that the mm-hmm. they are sitting there and sometimes going, oh, well, maybe I'm just saying this because I am getting paid, or maybe I'm just doing this because they're getting free stuff out of it. Like, maybe they don't really mean it. And, and that's why saying what you mean and putting yourself behind a product that you believe in really matters. Because if you're just trying to make a couple bucks, like, people are going to see through that, like, so fast. Yeah, exactly. And everybody – Celebrities especially, um, they're put on a pedestal to where people start to believe that they're not human (laughs) to to an extent. Like they they don't – there's an image where you look at them on your your phone or on your computer and you're like, oh, well, they're they're superhuman. You know, they're not like me. But there's – then there comes that, you know, that situation that you're talking about where you're like, oh, well, no. I just got brought back down to earth. They're not – superhuman they're just like me they're not perfect exactly yeah and i i think nobody is nobody's perfect i mean (laughs) not there's not one person on this planet that's perfect i had so much fun i adore you thank you so much for being on of course anytime well thank you um where can people find you on social media Oh, Speaking God, you don't want to follow follow me on social media. Um, well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll betray it, say it. So, I mean, I'm you can find me at, at According to Kristen on pretty much every platform. Um, but really, just follow at Nick and Kristen um, and check out the Twitch channel, which I think is a lot of fun. And we're having a lot of blast on the, on the Twitch channel, which is just um, Nick and Kristen in the morning. And as always, you can follow me, Kira, on all socials at Kira K Radio. And you could follow Finding My Perfect Awkward on Instagram and on Facebook at Finding My Perfect Awkward. Thank you so much for your support and for listening. And until next week, see ya.